Hey guys, uh, welcome in Sports Beat KC. Um, I'm Rustin Dodd alongside Sam Mellinger. Hey Sam. Um, yes. This is a, a new era of uh, Royals baseball coverage. Thank God. Andy McCullough is off to LA. That's right. Um, he's an LA guy now. I think he made it his cross country drive a few days ago. Um, but now that Andy's gone, uh, what uh, what are you going to remember most about the the Andy McCullough era at the Star? His freak out during Game 5 of the World Series when his computer went to crap, probably, um, where he thought that, uh, or where I thought that he might hurt someone. I almost died. Up to, <laughs> up to and including himself. Uh, there was a moment. <laughs> like, the thing that I love about Andy, like, when he gets uh, pissed off is, one, how often it happens. Uh, two, the the very low threshold that that is required for him to get really pissed off. Um, and three, that it always fuels this like just string of 25 word insults where every word is at least six syllables and you understand like half of it. And he just looks so aggravated that he wants to hurt himself. And then at some point in the middle of it, he's like punching the wall. I think, wasn't he punching a wall or something, Chris? Yeah. Or maybe it's just the desk. Yeah. There was some pounding yeah. and there was, <laughs> there was somebody like, a row back or you know 10 <laughs> seats down that was like it's just a game buddy or something like that and i was like oh no, <laughs> we, we, we i don't need this i don't know how like if you guys how much you talked about this on previous podcasts i wasn't an avid listener to you guys sorry it's bs but uh no but i remember i was i was like standing a few feet away and andy came over and he was like i need some help and then he's like, please help me. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I walked I walked over and like editor Chris Fickett was on the scene and, and everybody was kind of freaking out and Andy was about to kill himself and I just sort of like slunk away. It was like there, yeah. was, <laughs> there was like nothing to step up, Rusty. There was nothing right. to be done at that moment. I had no idea what to do. I'm like, I'm gonna go work on my bad story about Actually, Matt I just, Harvey. I, yeah, I, I just said way to step up, but the, uh, Rustin's right. There really was you know, <laughs> not, no, there was no help in that situation. You can only make it worse, I think, by getting in, in Andy's face. I don't know. Yeah. I also remember, like, so um, it, I, I was sit, seated, like, literally, like, right next to him, you know, and um, he was, like, shaking. I mean, like, literally, his, like, fingers and hands and arms were, like, shaking with fear, and there was just such a, um, you know, at one point, just a, a, a defeatism, you know, just like, I'm, I'm screwed. He didn't say screwed, but, you know, I'm screwed. And, um, and I remember, like, a, uh, we can laugh about it now, and, and I have to thank my one-year-old for training me how to how to talk to people uh, when, when they're in these temper tantrums. And I remember he just said, Andy, calm down. You know what happened? The seventh inning, I forgot what happened in the seventh inning, uh, but something happened in the seventh inning of that game. The seventh inning, that's a block. Work on that. The ninth inning, that's a block. Work on that. You have at least a half hour. Let's just calm down. I remember he just looked at me and he kind of nodded his head and then put on his earphones and listened to some terrible music, I'm sure. Uh, and then wrote was a beautiful game story. Yeah, he got it done. Good job, Andy. Um, but yeah, if you aren't, if you don't know, uh, I'm the new beat writer for the Royals for the star. Thank so, God. Uh, yeah. So we're going to do this podcast uh, maybe once a week or so when the season rolls around, but then we'll, we'll see until then we'll figure out the spring training schedule and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But Hey, I think Russell can pull it off once a week, right? Yeah, so. we can, sure. we can see what we can do. I do. Before we go any further, I do want to clear something up, Rustin, and maybe I should have talked to you about this before um, we got on quote unquote air here. 
But you had a tweet the other day that I absolutely loved, which was something like somebody had said, basically like Bill Self's an idiot, he should be fired. And, or no, 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 it was, uh, when, when is he finally going to be held accountable or something yeah, like that? Yeah. And, and you said, uh, I'll miss tweets like this the most. Um, you will have more tweets like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will, there, will, there will be no shortage of uh, kind of insane um, tweets sent your way on your new beat. Well, I'm looking so look forward, forward to, to it. That. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I always think it's funny when people ask you, like, when are you going to hold these guys accountable? It's like, you know what? When, after this game, I'm going to go to the press conference and punch Bill Self in the face. <laughs> right, right. What <laughs> like, have you accomplished? Here? Yeah, like, what, that's, you know, okay, I'll do it, you know. Um, but anyway, so, hey, Sam, so I wanted to uh, – I don't know when the last time you and Andy or you guys talked Royals on this podcast, but uh, it's been a good off season for the Royals, pretty um, eventful. Um, but they – I guess the last big move was signing Ian Kennedy, which is not official yet. He hasn't completed a physical that may be done – later this week but I wanted your thoughts on Ian Kennedy joining the rotation and, and what that can mean and also um, the dollar amount um, uh, 70 million dollars for Ian Kennedy I know you wrote about this um, when it happened but what, what what do you what do you think about this move it's way too much money I mean like there's just there's no way around that it's 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 too much money for a guy who you know, might be average or above average. Um, but everybody's making too much money, um, you know, including the owners. And, you know, you'd much rather, at least I would much rather have that money go to the players that we all, you know, want to watch and, and that decide the games instead of the owners who are taking on no risk and, and making the rules and all that. But um, if we can get past the money, um, it's it's a really good fit uh, for the Royals for a lot of reasons. Um Starting with, uh, he's a fly ball pitcher um, who will be in a really big ballpark with a terrific outfield defense. Um, you know, if if we can assume, because Alex Gordon, when he came back from that groin injury, was not moving around the outfield or around the bases uh, as quickly, as fastly as, as he was before the injury. It, it definitely um, took a half step at least off of I, I remember him getting thrown out at third base at City Field in the World Series. I forgot which game that was. Um, that was, you know, sort of, oh, okay. That, that was the first, like, obvious yeah. point. Um, and I think everybody knew that. But if, if he's back to where he was, or at least close to it, Lorenzo Cain, there's no reason to think he's slowing down quite yet. And then right field should be better um, defensively yeah. um, in, in 2016 than 2015. So that'll help him. Ian Kennedy comes from, obviously, like another huge ballpark in San Diego, but that was an atrocious defense that he had behind him. So I'm assuming that that ERA included a lot of fly balls, that were dropping for singles, doubles, even triples in that ballpark in, in, in front of that horrendous defense that will be outs when Lorenzo Kane and Gerard Dyson are running him down. So that's a good fit. He has some history, some history, um, it's old, but some history with Dave Island. And you have to assume that Dave Island, um, you know, gave his approval or, or you know, um, is excited about this and thinks that he can get something out of Ian Kennedy. Um, the other reason that it's a good fit is that he has averaged something like 196 innings over the last five or six years. He's incredibly uh, reliable, incredibly dependable, and they need innings. You don't know what you're going to get out of Jordano Ventura. Edison Volquez threw uh, 200 innings in the regular season and then something like 30, 34, 35 yeah. more in the playoffs, and those were high velocity. I mean, you, you remember when he was, uh, he was throwing the hardest fastballs uh, you know, certainly of the season, and maybe <laughs> I don't know how many years it's been since he was throwing that hard. 
um, you have to think that that he's worn down a little bit, and if nothing else, we'll get off to a, you know maybe a little bit of a slow start. Uh, Chris Young, you know, hasn't thrown more than you know. You're not relying on Chris Young to make 34 starts, so th- there's just a lot of guys that there's a lot of question marks. So this is a guy that you can plug in. Um, 200 innings um, won't get you beat. You know, sort of what Jeremy Guthrie was supposed to be a long time. You know, like what, maybe what Jeremy Guthrie was a few years ago is just some innings, solid innings, and that's exactly what they need. Yeah, his strikeout numbers are pretty good. Yeah, I mean he's been about They're a strikeout better. in an inning. Although, and he's, he gave up a lot of home runs last year. I think I saw something where you, if you transposed Kaufman over, um, what is the ballpark in San Diego? Petco. Petco, yeah. Um, that maybe there would have been six or seven fewer homers at Kauffman Stadium than he gave up last year, which I guess, I don't know what that would, you know, be equate to in an ERA, maybe half a run maybe for yeah, them. I, I mean, maybe know. not that much. Depends maybe on yeah. a lot of things. Like yeah, maybe. Guys are on yeah, exactly. But like maybe less than that. But um, so, yeah, I think there's there's definitely some upside there. But I'm, so I'm, I'm wondering, you've got, Ventura and Volquez sort of at the top of the rotation in some order. I, I don't know mm-hmm. who's going to start opening day. I mean, I guess Ventura could start opening day again. Um, I guess they could lean on Volquez there just to sort of take some pressure off Ventura. Then you've sort of got Kennedy maybe kind of solidified at the three, probably mm-hmm. not getting higher than that, but maybe not lower. What, what do you think about the last two spots in the rotation? I mean, you obviously have Young, Medland, and um, – you also have Danny Duffy, but yeah. what, how, how do you? I mean, how do you sort of handicap that? I would expect it to be uh, Medlin um, at the four, and then Young or Duffy, and uh, I'm not sure that it really matters um, that much yeah. between Young and Duffy, who's the five, because I think that they're both going to start. Yeah, yeah, they're both going to start, and they're both going to come out of the bullpen, and so maybe it's just a, a a question of whose arm is feeling better at that point in the season. Um, you know, where they are mentally, things like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that neither one of those guys is going to be in the rotation the whole year, I don't think, Young or Duffy, e- even assuming full health. Yeah. If they do, that means somebody else got hurt as well. Yeah. Okay. No. So I'm, I'm wondering, um, actually sticking with Medlin, I do, yeah. I'm, I'm, are, we, are, we, are we sure that he's um, – a four or five starter that you want making 25 to 30 starts in a season? No, I, I mean, I don't like the, the whole rotation is quite, yeah. you know, there, you, you can, you can poke a hole in each one of those spots. Like, you know, um, like Volquez uh, had a really good year last year, but you know, like I was just alluding to, you don't know how much has been taken out of him physically. And, and that was the best year that he had in a, in a really long time. Um, and, and if you're comparing him to ones around the American League, he's not close. You know, um, if you're if you're, you know, comparing him to like David Price or like legitimate ones, um, Jordano Ventura is nothing but a question mark in, in so many ways. But if you know, so in that context, um, I like Medlin. Um, I, I think that he throws strikes. Um, you know, I, I think that he has a lot of talent. If you look at what he did in Atlanta. Um, and, and, you know, Tommy John surgery, even now when it's, it's, it's almost part of a guy's career, you know, to have Tommy John surgery, but it's not necessarily part of a guy's career to have two Tommy John surgeries. And, and so that, that is a significant question mark, but if he can regain some of that form that he had in Atlanta and be 90% of that pitcher or 85% of that pitcher or whatever, then, 
um, then yeah, then he's a really good. Yeah, forward. and I guess you could argue too that he. I mean, he came back mid-season last year, mm-hmm. and maybe there was some kind of growth period or a kind of an adjustment period yeah. to get back. Any guy that has Tommy John, it takes some time to kind of get back into form. So um, we'll see there. But I, so I want to ask you. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording this about the AL Central and the mm-hmm. division and. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I've been spending the last three months covering the Kansas basketball team, and I haven't really exactly <laughs> brushed up on the uh, the AL Central off seasons. But you've got the Royals. They obviously brought back Chris Young. They got Ian Kennedy. Um, they re-signed uh, Joaquin Soria, or at least reacquired Joaquin Soria, I should say. Um, but w- w- do you think? I mean, are the, are the Royals? Would you still say they are the the class of the AL Central going into the season? I mean, obviously the Tigers made some moves, some upgrades, and adding Zimmerman and adding um, Justin Upton. But where do you where do you see kind yeah, of the division I mean, shaking out? I think that you know when when we make predictions, um, like first of all, they're all crap. Yeah. Right? Like nobody knows anything. Uh, but you know, I think like the biggest mistake that we make a lot of times when making predictions is. Uh, relying too much on the immediate past performance, you know, and, and sometimes we have a hard time seeing what's about to happen. That said, yes, I, I do think that the Royals are uh, the best team in the Central by a decent amount. I think that um, I thought they were the best team in the American League all of last year, with the exception of like a two or three week period in September where there are reasons for that you know they, they were resting guys uh, the, the Blue Jays were playing like you know out of their yeah. minds um, and and the difference between the Royals and the Blue Jays I don't think was that much but um, I do think that the Royals were the best team overall uh, wire to wire in the American League and significantly so in um, in the AL Central the, the Tigers for a long time you know y- you always thought like they're gonna get old and when they get old they're gonna get old fast um, and, and that's what happened last year. I mean, they, they, they won like 75 games or something like that, right? But, yeah. um, you know, they uh, – I can look it up here real quick. 74 and 87, they finished last place in the Central, which is pretty remarkable. But, but I, I do think that, um, you know, if you're handicapping it right now, um, I, I think the Royals are the favorite. Um, you, you can have an argument, I think, between the Tigers and the Indians. Um I would pick the Tigers. I just think that uh, they're, they're going to have a huge lineup. Yeah. Um, they're they going to hit the bejesus out of the ball. And it's a lot of right-handed hitters, but I don't really care about all – I mean, like Miguel Cabrera and Justin Upton and J.D. Martinez. and um, You know, I mean, they, they've got just a lot of sticks in that lineup. And if nothing else, they're going to win some games 7-5. to five. And, you know, they, they lose from – if you just look at the team last year and they traded him at the deadline, but, you you know, you lose David Price. Um, you know, I think Justin Verlander, nobody knows what you're going to get out of him. But Zimmerman does provide that rotation with kind of a reliable – he's like – Ian Kennedy, if Ian Kennedy was good, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> like a, a reliable guy um, who, who can, you know, win some games as opposed to just eat some innings. So um, I do like their team, but, it, you know, the Indians have a lot of talent and they're going to figure it out at some point. Um, I think the Twins were kind of a four-month, you know, fun ride. They were a little bit yeah, like the 3 Royals I guess Royals they, they still me. have a little bit of growth potential, I guess, because of how young they are. I don't know exactly what they've done this offseason. Um, I'm admitting my ignorance here. I, I can tell you what happened in the Big 12. Um, you can. <laughs> but, no, so are you 
Yeah, you're not sold on the Twins. And is, are, the, are the White Sox then, are they the fifth team in this conversation? Or are they, um, is the division flatter in, in that way? And it, it could be. Well, I don't know. Like, I, I hope I'm not sounding like just like the Kansas City guy here or whatever, uh, like the homer or whatever. But I, I think that there's a, a little bit of a separation between the Royals and, and the four. And and I think that there's less separation between whoever's the two yeah, and I whoever's the right, five. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean the, the Twins have a lot of, like you just mentioned, they they do have some talent. Like Sano is going to be a monster. That guy is going to be a problem um, for a long time. He's got so much power, uh, and they they've got you know some young arms and stuff like that. But I just who knows? You know, I mean they they could catch it and and be right there with the Royals. Um, into August and September, but I just, you know, watching that team last year, I just kept thinking like they're not this good. Like they 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 have to fall off at some point, and 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 they ended up doing it a little bit. I mean, I I really think the Royals' biggest competition. This sounds so weird, you know, after what we've seen with the Royals for a long time. But um, you know, the biggest competition is outside the division. You know, because they're they're at a point now, obviously, where um, you know, I mean, they want to win the division. That that's a goal, but it's not the goal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they've got, um, you know, they are very much at the point where if they win the AL Central by eight games and then lose the division series, they're going to go home very disappointed and feeling like you know they didn't accomplish what they wanted to. Yeah. Do you think this is a? Do you think this is a fair assessment to say that the Royals, compared to where they were in Game Five of the World Series, that that roster they've maybe downgraded just a few ticks, but compared to where they were on Opening Day last year, they've They've upgraded. I mean, is that? Do you think? Would you say that's? Um, a, or do you think it's about, about equal? Yeah, I hadn't thought about it in, in that way. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's probably right. Like, because the Royals still have, you know, um, we can have a discussion about Alex Gordon, obviously, and you know, Kendrys Morales, I guess. But they they don't have a lot of older guys that that you expect that are on the wrong side of yeah. that. They're, they're no longer a young team, um, but they're not yet an old team. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I still think that Eric Hosmer's best season of his career is in front of him. You know, um, I think Mike Moustakas' best year may have been last year, but he can still be a good player. I think Alcides Escobar can be a lot better hitter um, than he was last year. Um, Sal Perez, if he gets in, you know, a little bit better shape and, and if Ned actually rests him some instead of just talks about resting him, um, you know, he, he, there's more production in him so yeah I mean if you compare it to the the playoff roster you know the biggest difference to me is Ben Zobrist Um, yeah you know I think that's pretty obvious but um, yeah I mean they've got all those guys back I mean um, Lorenzo Cain um, is is a star you know and and I don't know how many people outside of Kansas City or outside of like super nerdy baseball circles maybe realize that even though he's had some really big moments in the last two postseasons but um, you know, that guy is an absolute star, and, and Gordon is a bankable player. And I think Hosmer is at least bankable with, you know, the, the potential to be really, really good. Um, you know, no, nobody would have guessed this opening day last year, but as it turns out, um, what they got out of right field, they might get more out of right field this year, you know. Um, what they got out of second base before the trade, um, they might – they can't get much less out of second pace this year. And if they really think Infante's healthy and that that's not like a mental thing, 
um, or just an old thing, then you know maybe he can be a passable player instead of as bad as he was last year. But anyway, I mean the, the Royals have they, they just have a lot. There's no perfect team, right? Um, yeah. But the Royals' strengths are stronger than virtually every other team in the American League, and their weaknesses are, are pretty dealable. Okay, I got an Infante question. Yeah, I think you guys might be able to tackle this. If obviously the Royals needed. They probably needed to bring in another starting pitcher to, to spring training. And so if, if it wasn't Ian Kennedy, they'd probably bring in somebody else. But here's the question. If you have that $70 million, could you have gotten another starting pitcher to bring in to help the rotation and walked away from Infante? And then what would be your option? Well, I think that's kind of the issue, right, is, um, yeah, you, you can – walk away it's it's hard and we can get into a discussion about sunk costs yeah you know, it's and, sort of uh, an economic question economic yeah it, but i just I, I don't know what the other you know second base options were really going to be and and i think you know any and kennedy they spent again they spent too much money but uh you know in, they unless, needed a pitcher i mean so yes. that so, yeah they absolutely needed know. a pitcher because another thing we didn't talk about earlier about why they needed another starting pitcher a bankable you know innings starting pitchers that bullpen has been the bullpen's terrific and it's deep and all that but it's been used a lot and and you know when chris young is a five inning pitcher and you don't know what medlin's going to be you never know what ventura is going to be um you need somebody that you can count on to get you six or seven um you know and if if you look around like um you know, on the free agent market, like they they lost out on Ben Zobrist, and, and I think Zobrist always wanted to play for the Cubs. Um, and you know, Dan Murphy was a free agent. Um, I, you know, he ended up signing uh, you know a deal that the Royals probably could have afforded, but um, it he goes, doesn't really fit their profile. Not at all. He's like yeah. the opposite of their <laughs> profile. Um, so I mean, the 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 free agent market. And maybe that was an opportunity, you know, like Kelly Johnson or somebody, you know, has a history with Atlanta or, um, you know, Gordon Beckham. I mean, the the the, the list of free agents, um, second baseman is, is, is pretty weak. So, um, you know, and, and they also feel like I think Christian Cologne um, factors into this and, uh, you know, that they think at least Christian Cologne can be, you know, can be a placeholder. And I also think that Raul Mondesi fits into this, that um, – you know, they feel like if nothing else, Raul Mondesi can play defense and he can run. And, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be up, in, you know, in, in the big leagues this year. Uh, and I'm certainly not saying that he'll contribute in the big leagues this year. But I think that those two things, you know, do play in your mind. Like they, they don't have, you know, Miguel Amante is not ready for 30 starts or whatever. Um, Kyle Zimmer, you know, they would love if he got 25 30 you know minor league starts this year just no injuries you know um so i I think i think you know a lot of that is looking your options too but um yeah i mean that's the (laughs) they've made a lot of good moves you know over the last five years and omar infante is not one of them but again it was a when they got him it was an issue it was a it was a need they they didn't have an option there and yes so uh, it's almost a similar situation this year where they needed a starting pitcher and sometimes when you get caught in that that need that's why you overpay because you don't yeah. have any other options yes yeah yeah absolutely so and, they and overpaid the, for infante and now they they're overpaying for ian kennedy but yeah the, and the, the alternative is not great <laughs> right there were some other options that they could have gone to in the um in the starting pitching market like um but they all have 
you know, we, we can pick apart Ian Kennedy, but like Giovanni Gallardo is aging quickly. You know, mm-hmm. if the, the scouting and the um, sabermetric judgments on him are, are, are fading at a, at a you know, pretty significant rate, um, they uh, got outbid or at least, you know, Chen signed a, a bigger contract than, than what they gave Kennedy. Um, I, I think that there were just for whatever reason, their scouting judgments on, on Mike Leake were not were not strong. Doug Fister. You know, there's enormous questions about his elbow and, and whether he can, um, you know, whether, whether he can make it through a big league season. So, you know, there's no there's no perfect options. But, um, you know, if you're going to spend a ton of money on either a second baseman or a starting pitcher, considering all the other options available, the, the case for Ian Kennedy is not without merit. Cool. OK, Sam, we can wrap this up in a minute, but I got uh Real quick, though, is there anything we didn't talk about? Because I, I have some more questions for you, by the way. I'm sure there's a lot right. of things we didn't talk about. But. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can we can save those yeah. for another time. But, okay, here's what I wanted to bring up, though. So yeah. as in the last few days, I've been getting a lot of tweets from Royals fans, uh, very specific questions. <laughs> and um, and I wanted to hit you with a couple of these questions. So some of them are very specific. Okay. And, um, and, and some of them I was stumped. I was, I was literally stumped by right. like, you know, I, I have no idea what the answer to that would be. Right. Um, number one would be, who is more major league ready, Raymond Fuentes or Bubba Starling? And I got to be admit, I, I don't know much about Raymond Fuentes. I know yeah. he's in the system and he's a corner outfielder-ish player. Um, but is this, what, what do you even think about this question? Well, <laughs> I think like the answer is, you know, neither one of them, um, <laughs> really. But I, I think that um, Bubba Starling is is obviously like the more well known guy, and I think like similar to what I just said about uh, Raul Mondesi, um, Bubba Starling right now can uh, defend and run, uh, not just at a big league level, but at a high big league level. Um, you know, with the bat, you know, not so much, or at least you know that's that's a huge question mark. Um, Fuentes is a guy that, uh, you know, for sure, um, the, the Royals are thinking about, you know, and, and if you, if you talk to those guys, if you talk to the, the people in the, you know, in the baseball operations department, like when they talk about, um, the right, right field is going to be, uh, Dyson in Orlando, kind of in a, they never use this word platoon, but, you know, kind of in a platoon, um, they will also talk about, uh, Fuentes and, uh, you know, he, he put up uh, big numbers last year in Omaha. Um, you know, it's the minor leagues. It was only 100 games, but he hit over 300, um, you know, with a little bit of power. So, I mean, like, I think to answer the question, like literally answer the question, I think that Fuentes is closer. Um, but I think Starling might be there as well um, this summer. And Starling certainly has a higher ceiling. Okay. You don't need to answer these in such okay, long sorry. and eloquent fashion. but. Uh, the other one I've been getting a lot is you mentioned him, but Kyle Zimmer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know it's sort of a, He's a who's ghost. Kyle Zimmer? Yeah, he is a um, ghost. <laughs> what, what is what? What do I tell these people? What is the plan for Kyle Zimmer? So that's a question that you're going to have to get used <laughs> to seeing, like pretty much every three days. And if you do a mailbag every week, um, there will be questions about Kyle Zimmer. Uh, you know, just like a super talented guy. Uh, the Royals have high, you know. I was going to say expectations, but I should say hopes uh, for him. He just can't stay healthy. And, you know, he's a guy that, that could help them in the big leagues. He's close enough that, you know, 
um, July, August, September, something like that. He could help him probably out of the bullpen. But the, the biggest question by far is just health with him. Okay. The most important ability is availability, Rustin. And Kyle Zimmer has not shown availability. Okay. okay. Finally, I've been – and maybe I should have paid more attention to this uh, – this internet meme or something, but so Andy didn't like barbecue. The yeah, <laughs> the meme. <laughs> I've, people, I've, Andy did not like barbecue. Is that is that true? Who knows? Like so. <laughs> like, so I'll say this, by the way. Like um, I met Andy uh, for the first time um, before we hired him, um, and maybe it was when like we were uh, reaching out to him before he'd been in town for an interview. And I was in New York for something. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was the Super Bowl. When so the Super after Bowl the 13 there. season. Yeah, that would have um, been the Super Bowl in New York. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so we met. And, um, you know, hey, man, it's your it's your town, you know, like wherever you want to go. And he picked a barbecue restaurant. And he did not, like, you know Andy. You know how much he thinks of others. Yeah. He did not do that because I was from Kansas City and would want barbecue. <laughs> he just did that because that was the place he wanted to go. So And I bet it was terrible. You it know? was really mediocre. It was <laughs> it was it was, you know, sort of like uh famous Dave's kind of place. I forgot the the name of it. It had to do with like a dinosaur. Is there some sort of dinosaur uh barbecue restaurant on the east coast kind of but Yeah. I, mean, I know what you're talking about. Fine, but um so anyway, so my my point is I'm skeptical of Andy's like barbecue thing because it is very much in his uh you know in his personality just be the contrarian you know i hate barbecue guy okay. there is actually a really good barbecue restaurant in red hook brooklyn if you're ever in in new new york i can't remember the name of it though it's uh it's a barbecue spot though best one in new york all right so good to know anyway we're gonna wrap this thing up uh i'm rustin dodd that's sam mellinger i'm sam and that's chris fickett on hey. the uh producer role uh, follow along all season